All right, folks, so we are back, episode 18, week 18, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure what we're going to talk about, so, Maddie, you want to just <laughs> spearhead that for me? Episode 32, me and you. Hopefully we get a clue. <laughs> Hopefully we don't go askew. <laughs> we probably will, though. We always will. Yeah. No, hey, I had this thought today as I was scrolling through Instagram um, that I thought it'd be cool to talk about and maybe we could get some feedback from listeners and then do like a follow-up with it next week or sometime soon. But, and I don't, I don't know why this came to mind when I was scrolling through Instagram, but it did. If you could tell your, so we both started in 4-H with a little pony Yours is named Sheepy Boy. Mine was named Blackie. Very creative youngsters we were. Um, but if you could go back and tell yourself something then about like how it, I know we're not like, we're not at the end. Like it hasn't like turned all the way out for us yet. But if you could go back and tell them like, hey, when you're at this point, what 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 would you tell them, I guess? Like, do you think you'd be proud of where you're at? Or do you think you'd be like, oh, yikes. Or like, is there something you would do differently? You kind of yeah. catch in my drift. Yeah, so I've got a couple, a couple thoughts on all of those. Um, I would say the first thing is like, I when I was writing 4-H, right, like I didn't know it took me like a year and a half to figure out what open shows were. Right. And then when I got there, I was like, wow, this is like a really big deal. This is, you know, yada, yada. And then someone was like, well, this isn't even like the, as big as they get. Right. And like, so like I, every time I was riding or showing, I would uncover the next level and uncover the next level. And so I think looking back, when I was in 4-H, I wouldn't have expected myself to be here because I didn't know that this level existed, right? right. Um, and I think each kind of level that I took, whether it was 4-H or, you know, the high school association or the open show, um, you know, I would be doing really well at the level I was at and then I would bump up and then, you know, maybe get my ass kicked for a little bit and then, you know, gain my footing and go back. And I think that's something that I would be proud of looking back, you know, as like a little kid looking at like, right. If I was like the fifth grader or whatever I was at the time, looking to where I am now, I would be immensely proud of the fact that I didn't, I kept searching for like the next level and trying to improve and get better and wasn't necessarily satisfied with being kind of that big fish in the pond or shooting fish in a barrel type of thing. I mean, like, we've talked about it so much, too, like, looking back at all these photos of us and how cringy they are, right? And, like, part of it's the outfits, but then I look back and I go, man, like, that's how I used to sit, you know? Or, like, that's how I used to ride, or wow, when did I think that was a good idea, you know? Like, and, like, just looking at, like, the finer detail, like, I went to a lesson the other week and the lady taught me how to hold my thumb on the, on my, like, my left thumb on the lead shank. Right. Like I was like, I am so proud of the fact that like I'm able to like get these details now because I've been consistently like pushing myself to go to the next level and be uncomfortable with where I'm at. I think that's something I'd be. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree with you. You know, when I started, I don't remember who told me this and I don't know if they're taking me for a ride or if they just thought it too, but someone told me it was against the law, against the law, mind you, to lope one-handed. So when you break into a lope, you have to go two-handed. And I don't know if they're just nervous. They thought my pony was wild or something. So like, for the, my first year and a half, probably riding, I would practice like walking and trotting with my one hand and then breaking into the loop and like cash. I was trying to like choreograph, like breaking into two hands and like, like it was so silly. And so like, that was my, that was my standard. That was what I thought was like it. And so looking back, like I, clearly had no idea and it, it took me a long time kind of to get into showing you know I guess when I was in high school we did open shows and that was cool and then but I was more focused on rodeoing and then and I remember it was like a like an overnight thing like I woke up one day and I was like hey like I think I want to show Pino like I think that's my next thing like I think that's my next goal and never would have guessed that I would be where I was at right now. I figured I would get frustrated and quit. Like, I'll be honest. Like, when I'm not good at something, I get really frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter that much to me. I'm going to move on to something else. But no, I think looking back, like, I would be super impressed and super, like, encouraged maybe because it hasn't been an easy journey and it has and it's not completed obviously and we said that at the beginning but I think I would be really like excited maybe of like where it kind of went because I never really thought like I would be consistently showing at like the national level or like hauling to shows in other states and like doing well at those shows and being like in the top of the point standings, you know, like whatever, whatever, like wh- however you measure success is, is relative. It's different for everyone else, for everyone else. But like, I wouldn't have really guessed that this is where I would end up, but I think it's been cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think like, as we're like, kind of like talking about this and like reflecting like right now I'm like novice in a couple of things. Right. And like, I don't think I would necessarily will be next year or, you know, two years from now. And there are things like the horsemanship, right. Where like novice is completely different ball game from the amateur. Right. And so I'm like mentally preparing myself for like next year to just get thrown backwards when I am no longer an amateur and just like remembering, I think it kind of goes back to like what we talked about too, with like remembering how far we've come. Yeah. Because, like, it's a huge difference, and that's something that I wasn't super aware of. Like, I was like, well, you know, so many of us go show the novice and then go into the amateur pen. So it's really the same – it's, you know, it's the same level of competition. There's not anything different. And then this was my first year totally out of novice, and I was like – or, sorry, 2020 was. And I was like, oh, my God, like (laughs) – You know, like I was in the pen at the world show with several 
collegiate riders. And I was like, Oh, you know, I've got some years on them. Like I, I know how to ride a pattern. And I was like, wow. Like the finesse and the, like all the things that they have that I kind of just took for granted, you know, kind of just thought was good enough. Is it anywhere near good enough? You know, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I, I have looking back is to not, and this is me being slightly jaded for not understanding how this all works. Um, my first year, mm-hmm. um, because no one really explained to me that it was a thing, but that's fine. That's my fault for not reading the rule book cover to cover. Um, <laughs> but like, don't waste, don't waste your novice points. You know, for anyone listening out there right now who is novice, if your goal is to win, like, a world championship, bank on it being a novice and, you know, use your points wisely. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying there aren't incredible riders out there in the novice, like, by no means. Like, there are some very talented novice riders. There are some very talented novice horses. You know, that's that's not what, what, what either of us are saying, you know. Um, it's just... A different so, I mean, it's, it's literally the point, like when you look in the rule book, it's literally the point of the novice thing is to like create like a level of introduction to the program. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, yeah, some people, you know, might've gamed the system and, you know, went and showed quarter for a while. And now they came to like Pino or something like that, where like getting points is like literally three times easier or something like that. Or, you know, they didn't go anywhere or like they practice super hard at home and then they just, you know, whatever, what have you, there's tons of ways to do it. Um, and then they show, you know, like you can have like some really good people in the novice, but like at the same time, use your points wisely. If there is one thing you take away from this podcast, use your novice points wisely. I mean, maybe not, but at the same time, I firmly stand behind that. No, that's valid. I think, I think that's true. Um, going back to kind of, and maybe this is a good segue. What would you have done differently to get to where you're at now that you think maybe would have helped yeah um number one use my novice points differently number two um number two understand that you can buy a really good western pleasure horse but someone can come in with five grand more than you and you're no longer going to have the best western pleasure horse in the pen and i mean i knew that going in but like my expectations you know were in check with that thought And I think also the other one too is understanding that anyone can go to a world show. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to qualify or whatever, whatever, but like, if you don't think you're good enough, like people still go that aren't ready all the time. So if you think that you don't deserve to be there, maybe you don't, but you know, if, I don't know, I would say, I wish I wouldn't have been so hesitant to go to a world show. Yeah. I think going back to the beginning and again, like, I think I had a very weird path, but in granted, like my parents were incredible and got me lessons from an assortment of different people. And none of them were the best. Like none of them were like the top of the industry by no means, but I learned a lot from a lot of different people. But I think the thing that I would change 
was like maybe my hunger level. Like I was, and again, like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I kind of just rodeoed for a while and was like, whatever, this is cool. Like I like this, but I didn't really get like the desire to be really good at the all around until like a couple years ago. And that was when I was like, all right, like I like, it was like an overnight thing almost. So I probably would have changed my hunger level a lot earlier and started getting after it a lot earlier, but also I wish I would have been a little bit more humble about things and a little bit more like, I get, when I say humble, I mean like willing to admit that I don't know things like to this day, like it's like sometimes like you'll ask me a question or one of my kids will ask me a question and I'll be like, oh yeah. And, and give like what I know about it where there's a lot of things I should be like, yeah, so not sure. Like, I think you should talk to someone else about that or like a lot, like to this day, like I'll be in lessons with Julie and she'll tell me to do something. And I'm like, okay, sure. And I like, I think like, I didn't know what the two point position was like definitively until last summer, like kind of had an idea. Like you put, you pull your butt out of the saddle, but like, I had no reason to like, I had no idea like why you would two point. I had no idea like how to correctly do it. I just was like knew enough to get through an extended circle in the Eck. And that was like what I was cool with, but like I never really under, I guess mostly like in the English, like there's a lot of things I just don't know. And instead of like asking someone, cause I don't want to feel stupid or I don't want to look like I don't know. I just am very okay with faking it until I make it, which is fine. But I think my life would be a lot easier if I just asked the questions, you know, like, yeah. I'd have a lot less, um, like rug burn because I wanted to spend as much time in the saddle because trying to figure shit out on my own and using YouTube if I just ask someone how to do it maybe 10 minutes I'd be done yeah yeah I have watched like I watch like the same videos every time but like I'll hear something from someone you know like hold your you know hold your hand hold your wrist whatever whatever like this way and I'll like go watch I'm like yeah okay that makes sense and I'll like go watch rewatch the video and like take note I was like oh my gosh like there it is you know well and there's so many things that I that I do and I don't know why I do them you know and like I wish I would have asked like I said like my parents got me like I took lessons from a lot of different people my whole life and the one lady was like a natural horsemanship lady like I thought she was really weird at the time and now I'm like that was probably some like my most valuable lessons because she was like she always taught about why you have to move the horse's body in a certain way to get the horse to do this this and that and like she taught like a lot of the mechanics about it but like there's so many things that I do now that she that she just did so I just did them to do them like she did that I'm like I don't know why I do it that way. Like, I don't know what the purpose of it is, but I, I wish I did. So that way, cause then I teach my kids to do it that way. And when they ask, why do you do it that way? I just say, Oh, I just do it that way. Like, that's just how I was taught. You know, like, I don't have like a reason to give them. 
Yeah. I don't know. I guess in summation, I wish I wasn't so dense all the time and I just ask questions. Question everything, but don't be an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that has been like my motivator, if you will, um, was when I was in 4-H, like, I'd usually win a couple trophies. Um, that was back in the day. I mean, I mean, if you listen to this all, you'll understand why I said that so comfortably and wasn't, didn't feel the need to like quickly humble myself after that. But, um, it was like, if you got the pattern right, you were light years beyond everyone else. And if your horse didn't throw a buck twice, the amount of light years behind everyone else in front of everyone else. But so I have, my mom's kept all these trophies down in the basement yeah (laughs) and they were like reused trophies from like other sports other hobbies so like there's this one that has a spinning basketball on the top of it and like every time I am home I just like feel like that like little trophy with the spinning basketball is just mocking me every time I like I want to win like a real trophy or like a real belt buckle and set it right next to that damn basketball spinning trophy and take a picture of them side by side and be like, it only took me 15 years. Yeah. But here we are. Oh, it's fine. I wish I would have known that there was a bigger world out there and been like hungry enough to chase it at the time. Because I remember there was one girl in my 4-H club, or I guess she just showed horses like in 4-H. She went down to Paint World back when it was still in the summer. I guess it's in the summer again now. And she... I think she won the hunter under saddle or something or the, and she was the intermediate chap champion in the hunter under saddle. And I remember being like, Oh, well, I will never be at that level. So I'm just going to be okay with being here. You know, like I was so afraid to try and not do well. And like thinking back, I'm like, I'm so sad that I thought that, you know? And like, I'm so sad that I didn't like use that as a motivator. I just use that as something to like, kick yeah. myself out of it off. Yeah. the running and I don't know maybe other people don't think that way but oh, I, I, I obviously I, do yeah I think that's exactly like the mindset I had like earlier when I was talking about like w- like feeling I was underqualified for a world show you know or like not able to go or not didn't deserve to be there type thing um I think half the battle is just getting the nerve to go yeah Taking a chance, man. The other half is taking the nerve to pay the bill. And then 10% there is like actually performance. (laughs) What is, so I was thinking about this this week. What is an instance that you've had lately that makes you go, wow, it is just Toby's world and I live in it. Um, oh, I know I had a good one. I know I had a good one. Um, oh, well, his birthday was on um, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. So, yeah, so he turned 13 on Tuesday. And I was going home for something. And I drove 15 miles out of the way so I could go to a different – because I stopped at Walmart in Iowa Falls, and they didn't have the frosted animal crackers – and I, I was, oh, they have ice, but they don't have frosted or whatever. 
Frost are the, like the pink and white ones. Yeah. Yeah. And those are his favorite. Like those are his favorite. Yeah, and so I drove 15 miles out of the way to go to the grocery store to get those for him. And then I got home and like went to hand him one and he had just taken a drink out of the water. And so he like vomited water in like crushed up cookie into my hand. And I was like, you know, I could have just pulled out the horse treats from the trailer that are 10 feet that way and uh, given him one of those, let him vomit that in my hand. And we would, and he would have been just as happy, just as happy with that. So that was, that's my most recent instance. Probably not a good one, but. Um, no, I think that was really good. You know, I guess monthly, whenever I pay his uh, whatever bills he racks up. <laughs> He's like a kid at, a, at an arcade. I'm sorry, how much did my kid cost me? Excuse me, what? What you am want I all these tickets? What can you get with these tickets? Yeah. Nothing? I compromised my debit card for him and him and Parker, I guess, like a month ago, maybe buying um, some, some new sheets. I like bought them and then I saw the charge come. It was like a, not a weird website, but a website I don't usually buy from. And so my um, bank text and was like, Hey, is this a charge? And I just was like, I just saw the amount and I was like, Whoa, no, I didn't spend that. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, actually I did. Yep. Yep. But they already shut my card off. So that was sad. <laughs> did you still get the blankets though? Oh yeah. They came They're They look good. <laughs> Did you get charged for the blankets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got charged for them. <laughs> so, like, fine. That might be a new scheme. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, still, still got charged for them. It was fun. Anyway, what's the last time you felt like that with Dory? That it was her world and you were just living in it? I don't know. My mind keeps, like, going back to, like, I think it was, like, the first show of the year. Dory got like all bathed and like her tail got put in and it was like show sheened or whatever. And like, she was all dolled up and her feet were ready to go. And like, we were showmanship ready. So we really had like all the stops pulled out, laid down and took a nap. You didn't tie her up? (laughs) No, I didn't think she'd lie down. I was like, she's such a good kid. She won't lie down on me. Wrong. Well, I have something to share with you. She is not. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I never, I never give them the benefit of the doubt. If their tail is in, they are tied. If they had a bath in the last four hours, they are tied. Have you seen those tails that are like pop, pop outable? I did see that on someone on Facebook. I saw their post and I was like, okay, sure. That seems. Megan's got one. I think a couple of people at the barn got, have them. Does she like them? Do they like them? Yeah, they do. Well, uh, what's cool is you can like send your tail to them and they will put the top on there. It's just like really big though. It's like oh, this big. So if you have a horse with not a lot of tail, it probably wouldn't work that well. No. And like, I think it would be super nice because then like you could literally pull it out during the day so it never gets peed in. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good for. For mare owners or flexible geldings. Yeah. But at the same time, putting a tail in takes me two minutes, so whatever. 
How do you put your tail in? It only takes two minutes. Yeah, okay, so I did lose a tail earlier this year. <laughs> but that was because it was too low. And we just back so fast. Not really, but we did lose it and it was because we backed. Um, yeah, it takes me a minimum of like 10 minutes to put my tail in. But like I do like two security braids and then I loop the loop through it and then do a braid on each side with like real hair, the braid, and then some tail hair. And then I take all that and put it underneath the weights and then like rubber band that in. See, my weights got lost. Oh no. Well, Dory's pretty good though. Like she probably doesn't need weights. She really likes to whoosh it around, but um. Oh, but she doesn't hold it straight up at least, you know? No, right. And so, like, I just tie it on the top and just call it a day. I mean, like, I do, sorry, no, I just tape it. I mean, I do braids and all sorts of other stuff, but I just tape it on the top. I don't tape it to the to the weight that took me too long. Oh, yeah. I used to use, like, half a roll of electrical tape, like, I really secured her on there. And then I was told that, you know, probably shouldn't do that. And then I still did it for a few shows, and then I... I think I ran out of electrical tape. So I had to get <laughs> all of Iowa Falls ran out of electrical tape. I know I had to get creative. There's an electrical tape shortage started by yours truly. Yeah, I really splurged yesterday. Got my hair done um, and an oil change in my car. So really was high rolling it. And then I was like, you know what? No matter what I spend on that, um, still gonna spend probably triple that on the boys this month for whatever they deem that they need <laughs> like new shoes or maybe some new shampoo or maybe I went oh I went to farm and fleet yesterday on the way home I like went to the aisle and I was like walking down I was like finally found the purple stuff I'm very very like cautious with like the soap I use and stuff because I think because Dory has so much white like She's got like relatively sensitive skin and she's just a princess and it's her world and we just live in it. So I'm like walking down the aisle. I go, like pick up the bottle. I go, $16 for this? $16. And I'm like walking up and down the aisle. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like having an absolute fit. And then I show up to the barn today. Dory is just covered in mud and looks like she like rolled and like had a real good time out there. And I go, Dory, your shampoo is $16 a bottle. You need to knock this off. I'm like, we've already gone through one purple bottle this year. Like, knock it off. I don't think we did. I think we started. I mean, part of me says we did. I can't find my other bottle. So do you ever just like not know where your shampoo, baby powder, baby wipes go? Like, I swear. Same place where your socks go in the dryer. Same place. Same troll. Like, I swear I had a brand new bottle of purple shampoo. I bought it for, I think I bought it for uh, Color Brie Congress slash the World Show, whatever, whatever that show was that we all went to or miserable at, whatever that was. Um, like I swear to God, I had a brand new bottle of purple shampoo and, you know, feeling confident that I brought the bottle home, brought it in the house so it wouldn't freeze, you know, first year in like five years, I remember to do that. So that was exciting. Not 
opening up my trailer door this spring and there was like a purple stain on the carpet because it exploded. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Um, then I was packing up to come home from the Iowa Pinot show and there was like barely any suds left in there. And I was like, I did not go through a bottle of shampoo in two shows. But I was like, maybe I, maybe I did. And then I went to go get a baby wipe and I was like, Wow, definitely had a full thing of baby wipes, and I now have one. And my baby powder and cornstarch socks, swear those were full when I pulled out of my house on Thursday to come here. And now they're running on empty. I'm like, where does all this shit go? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't That's know. exactly my story, though, the shampoo. Like, I swear I bought one back at whatever, um whatever that hell hole was called when we were there. Um, what? Panel World Club Congress, whatever. Yeah. Um, I bought a brand new one there because apparently I was out on the last one and I like went to wash Dory the other day and I'm like running on like empty and I'm like, this is ridiculous. It is April or May, whatever it was at the time. I was like, we've literally done like three shows, Dory. Like, I Granted, maybe I like I do wash pretty often. Do you wash her when you're at home too? No, we don't have a wash rack. Oh, I was gonna say like I don't wash at home, and I probably should. Well, that's not true. I guess like every once in a while I'll wash. Yeah. Well, now that she's starting to get sweaty after I ride and stuff, I might because I'm like afraid it's gonna like stain hair or something. Oh yeah, you probably do. You probably shouldn't walk, or at least hose her off. I hose off, I guess, but yeah. then I'm too lazy to keep them tied up, right? You know, and like, or I'll tie them to the porch and then go in the house or do something. And then I'll come back two hours later, and Toby's still tied to the porch, and I'm like, hmm, thanks for uh, not pulling down mom and dad's porch. That's awesome. <laughs> or the swing set. I did that with a horse once and uh, the swing set did not win the battle. <laughs> really? Yeah. If you ever go to Tom and Michelle's house, do not ask them what happened to the swing set because they are still a little salty about it. <laughs> Episode 32, we went a little bit askew, but not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Talked about our humble beginnings what we know now what we would have known what we wish we would have known then what we would have changed what we would have changed what we would have done a little differently talked about how maddie just tapes her tail in and you know is cool with that <laughs> you betcha bobby pin and run could you mm-hmm. imagine we wondered where all our stuff went pretty yeah. pretty average day for us because we know we know we're not using it on our tails. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. There is no way. Tune in to episode 33, where we'll conclude our the mystery and we'll tell you where all of our things went. <laughs> P- pending, we get a good detective. Send us your resumes, please. No, no kidding. Hmm. Till then, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Define Win. 